Hello and welcome to Posting Up, the Washington Post NBA podcast. I'm your host, Tim Bontemps, national NBA writer for the Washington Post, coming to you from San Francisco, where I also come into the Bay Area this, for this season uh, is my, my friend Anthony Slater, uh, former uh, beat writer for the Oklahoman, covering the, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and like Kevin Durant, now is with the Warriors every day. Uh, Anthony also has a new employer working for the Bay Area News Group, covering the Warriors. So, Anthony, congrats on the job, though I've seen you in person since you took it. And uh, how does it feel to be uh, to be settled into the Bay Area and after the season start? On the right side of the Bay, Oakland. <laughs> you're over right. there. You're a sellout over there in uh, San Francisco. I am. I'm a, I'm Presidio a, I'm a District and great views. Yeah, no, I went, I went authentic. I'm in downtown Oakland, and, you know, it's nice, um, the weather. It's crazy. It was like, you know, it was, it was pretty hot for the Bay Area the last, what, few days, and um, it was just funny walking around and just hearing people like act like it was this like massive heat wave. And I'm just sitting there thinking like, this is probably a cold day in Oklahoma city around, you know, around this time of year. I, I had, um, the, I've had the exact same feeling. I mean, for people who aren't here, it's probably been, it's probably been like what 80 as a high, probably each of the last few days. Uh, over in San Francisco, just because of, of geographically with all the fog rolling in, I bet you 82s, maybe the high uh, over here, it's been 90 ish, but like, you know, 90 in July and August in right. Oklahoma City is like, wow. It's like, okay, good. You yeah. Know, well, we get a day off from the triple digits. It, I remember exactly. a, a month. Yeah, I remember a month in Oklahoma. It was actually my first summer in Oklahoma City, and it was it was a massive heat wave. Uh, you know, even rare for out there. And uh, The average, I think, was 112. It was like, it might have been a record <laughs> for, a, for a month. Right. It was it was wild. Well, in this summer in New York, it's been it's been about 95 with 95% humidity. Uh every day for about three months going back to maybe June. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I got here and it was like, man, 80, 85 every day, even if it, even if it did get up to 90, when I went over to, to practice at the facility in Oakland, it's like, this is, uh, this is pretty great. I can't, yeah, the, I can live the, with this. Yeah. The only problem is no air. Con- I don't have air conditioning in my place. I don't know about yours. I was talking to one um, of the PR guys today, um, from the Warriors who was saying the same thing. There is no air conditioning here. I mean, I, I you know, I, I'm not a huge air conditioning fan anyway, so I'm okay with it. But that was what he was saying, that like 360 or so days a year, it's not a problem. But the four or five days you need it, if you don't have it, it's it's uh, it's it's a problem. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was talking to Kevin Durant, just kind of off to the side, not in like a press conference setting about, you know, he was asking me how I'm settling in. Nice, nice little that? name drop. Nice little name I'll, drop there. <laughs> well, uh, you know. It's a guy I've covered. Anyway, <laughs> I, he he said that to me. He's like, yeah, man. I mean, the only issue, I don't got a, air conditioning, and it's super hot. I guess, like, people say you don't need it out here. Um, so, you know, even NBA players, with, I'm sure he got a mansion out here. Um, he he and he's not even has air conditioning, at least right now. So I guess that's an interesting aspect of it. But like you said, that, that matters about two days of the year. That just happened to be two of his first days in, in the city. Yeah, no, that is funny, and I, I think uh, I think with Kevin having signed a two-year deal for uh, you know what close to sixty million dollars, I'm pretty sure if he wants to put some AC in wherever he's staying here, pretty sure he can, pretty sure he can afford some. Uh, at least a fan, go down to Target and get a couple <laughs> fans, right? Um, yeah, no, exactly. That's uh, yeah, that's great. That uh, that's really funny. Um, all right, so you know, I mean, we've obviously hinted around a little bit, but you you covered the. Um, you covered the Warriors, uh, or the Warriors. I'm sorry. You covered the Thunder the last several years. You were there for, uh, you were there for, uh, you know, the, the 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 great playoff run last year, and the the you know that we both covered that, you know, both that fantastic series between the Spurs and the Thunder in the Western Conference semis, and then the the uh, the series between the Thunder and the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals, and you know, and we spent probably a month hanging out, and I, I think we both had the same feeling when that that Thunder Warriors series ended, which was that, all right, you know, after this, it's kind of hard to see Kevin leaving, you know, think he's going to come back. And then, you know, the Warriors and Thunder are really going to be, you know, kind of the, the, the big matchup and the rivalry going forward for the NBA, maybe the next four or five years. And, um, you know, so, so what was it like being in Oklahoma city and as everything played out and as Kevin decided, you know, to that he was going to leave there and, and come play for the Warriors this season, I imagine, Imagine it was an interesting few weeks between the end of the regular season and when that decision was announced. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. You mentioned being in Oklahoma City for, for a lot of that playoff run. I think we were talking 
the day before Game Four of not the Warriors series but the Spurs series, the second round. It was right. like the, big, the biggest game in, in Thunder franchise history, and they had to have it. And you know, if they didn't, maybe right, they were down, would look they elsewhere. They were down two to one. They were down two to one that series. They were even down going in the fourth quarter of that series, yep. Or yep. that game. And, and then Kevin led them back, and they won. Yeah, and it almost seemed like obviously Durant didn't say it, but it almost seemed like a statement of from Durant, like, no, I'm not going out like this. I'm, uh, you know, like I'm not necessarily I'm staying here, but like I'm not just going to let this thing flounder. And I'm already looking to the off season. He lights up Kawhi Leonard. They win that game. They don't lose again in that series. You know, they're down two one. They end up winning four two. Um, and Durant was great in it. And then they go up three one on the Warriors. Like that was as that was as bright an outlook as the Thunder had had since 2012. Uh, you know, the, the no, finals definitely. Here. Since they, maybe since they, since they beat the Spurs in four games in the Western Conference Finals, I don't think there was ever. I don't think there was a moment that you felt more where you felt better about their future because that 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 summer is when they traded Harden, and then they had bad luck basically every year since. And there they are, well, three one against the Warriors. It looks like all right, this is finally going to be the year where they break through. The only time you can maybe argue was the next year, even after the Harden trade, they were the one seed in the West. They actually had a really good year if you look at, I right. think, a like pr- pretty historic year if you look at point differential. And they were just, uh, they were killing the Rockets in the first round. But that's when Westbrook's knee right, injury exactly, happened. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but, you know, for at least three years, it was, in the, it was the brightest place the organization had been, up 3-1. And, you know, even when they beat the Spurs, you thought, oh, if they lose to the Warriors, like Kevin Durant will come back. They've shown, especially with what Adams was turning into yep. uh, and some, some of the other younger pieces, yep. they've shown Kevin enough that you know he can win here. Even if he doesn't win there this year, he could win there. Um, but you know, people know the collapse they had. But still, like the fan base all se- – it was weird. The fan base all season was like really pessimistic about the team. But even when they collapsed in Game 6 and didn't win Game 7 and went to the offseason again without a title, uh, even though they were supposed to have had one you know, years before, there was like this growing sense of, you know, it, it's all right. This is, it's in a good place. Um, Durant's going to come back. Even after they traded Serge Ibaka, it was like, well, you know, Victor Oladipo is a nice piece. And, you know, Adams can kind of take over that interior defensively. And, and now they have a two-guard that they haven't had. Or, or, you know, maybe a second playmaker option that they hadn't had since Harden. Um, and then, of course, July 4th hits. And, you know, Durant never – I think there was a – there's and, and since has been too much of a sense from maybe Oklahoma City fans that he told them he was coming back and then left. Because he never – like, honestly, Steph Curry yesterday at practice said, you know, I want to be back and, like, I plan to be back. And to me, that was a stronger statement than Durant ever made. Durant was just always super complimentary about the city, the organization, um, to the point that nobody really thought he was going to leave. And, and he, so July, he also did a really good job of tamping down talk about it. He kind of he kind of had a boilerplate answer everywhere he went, and that kind of allowed him to avoid some of the circus show uh, stuff that went on, say, when LeBron was a free agent in 2010, where he didn't. It wasn't the same kind of circus everywhere he went. He just kind of said. You know, I like playing for the Thunder. I like this. I like, you know, this is a great organization for whatever team, this, you know, the reporters were asking him about. He kind of just said the same thing about everyone. And that kind of that kind of prevented it from becoming a bigger story than, than maybe it could have been. Yeah. And, and then to me, more and more, it's become pretty clear, though, that like he's been thinking about not just leaving the Thunder for a while, but coming to the Warriors. I do think it really came down to it on July 3rd ish. I think he'd made his mind up by like late that night. But, right. Um, I do think the Thunder was a very, like, he was, I, I don't think he was, you know, people have talked about how, like, the Celtics and the Clippers were in it. I think Doc Rivers went on one of the vertical podcasts and said, you know, we told we were told we were top three, and then the Celtics act like they were a very close number two. Um, that, that to me, I think is a, a little too much. I think it was, I think it was Thunder and Warriors Agreed. down to the wire. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, so, you know, which is funny in all this, because, you know, if, if he... If he makes, if he just decides thunder that day, the the story around him is so different, and that's just like a small little, you know, mind change. Right. But suddenly he's he's viewed as basically like what Russell Westbrook's being viewed right now is just this like loyal savior that you know is what sports should be about kind of thing. But I mean, not to get too deeply into that, but I don't I don't have a problem with with Durant leaving at all. Obviously, the only the only thing that you know I still kind of 
don't understand or would criticize him about is just how he left. Like, he didn't do it like the decision, like LeBron did on national TV to, to kind of do that to Cleveland. But I just thought he slipped out the back door way too quietly and, and, and non-graciously, which he never expected well, out all of right, Durant. Well let, me, well, let me play devil's advocate to that. What, what would have been the better way to do it? Okay, so you know how Al Horford. I'm not saying you're just, wrong either. I'm just, I'm just. Yeah, curious. no, no, no. I, 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 I just want to discuss this quick. You know, how Al, Al Horford did a big back page ad thanking Atlanta Hawk fans, right. and let's not even act like he had near the connection that as Durant did to Oklahoma City fans. Uh, Dwayne Wade, I think, just did a billboard. Is that right? Right. Um, so it's less. Kevin, it's less the actual. It's less the actual way he announced the, the move and how he handled free agency, and more that. He never really acknowledged anybody after doing it. He just kind of laughed and did. No, he he, he did three hundred words on the Players Tribune that right. clearly wasn't written by him. <laughs> right. right. Uh, and he really since you know he talked a little bit of, in Vegas when I kind of pried some stuff from him of, about his time there. But look, and I'm not talk, like, and then people will say, well, why why would he? I've got this question on the radio before when I've talked about this. They said. Right. You know, well, you know, they they burned his jersey, and there was there was a guy, you know, out in front of his house with like a for sale by coward sign. So if if right. those are the fans, like, why should he have a heartfelt right. goodbye? My thing is like, those are idiots. There's idiots in every fan base. Right. He there are hundreds upon hundreds of you know really good people within the community that they didn't go on social media and bash sure. them. They didn't sure. they didn't burn his jerseys. They were just super sad. Like that city was devastated Kevin that Durant, day. Kevin Durant spent nine years playing for the Thunder. Yeah. The least you would, it, I think it's a fair thing to say. The least he could have done is to pay for an ad in the Oklahoma and to say, "Look, I'm sorry this happened this way, but." I want to thank you for nine great years. Or, or he's a smart guy. Like, sit down and, and spend a day of your summer writing something. Like, hit him himself with his voice writing something about, you know, how much even if the city meant to him. But even if he didn't do that, at least if, he, at least if he does, like, the ad thing and at least acknowledges the place that he'd been, I, I, think, that, I think that's yeah. even enough. You know, yeah, just an sure. acknowledgement of the people he had spent, who had spent nine years rooting for him like I don't think yeah. that's I don't think that's uh I don't think that's asking too much to just say a, a little thank you to the fans yeah. there you don't have to say you don't have to say anything more than that but I, I I'm with you I think that they deserved they deserved and, at least the chance to to hear that and to me you know maybe we're on the wrong track here like the fans to me may, maybe that isn't as big a thing but how about the organization as a whole like you know he probably should have maybe had a long phone conversation with Russell Westbrook before the news broke. Or, well, that, you know. that whole thing is weird, right? Let's, let's talk about that. Like Durant, Durant has said multiple times that he, like, I, you know, Nick Collison and Westbrook and Durant, kind of the three guys that had been there forever, you know, went and had dinner back on like June 28th, I think, or so. Before yeah, in LA, started. about three days before. Right. But then Westbrook doesn't come to the presentation with the, with the team. Which was weird. I, I know so, later that Sam Presti said that he met with him. He didn't want to bring him again, but it still was weird. That he well, their whole thing—the one thing I would I would say, argue with that is like other teams were trying to convince them, "Hey, this is what it would like. This is what it would be like to be here. Here's sure. how Andre Iguodala and Stephen Curry sure. interact. Here's what they'd think." The Thunder's whole thing was like, "Why do we need to bring Russell Westbrook?" Thing he spent eight years with Russell Westbrook. He knows sure. Russell Westbrook. I'm not, yeah, he, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's the worst thing ever that they didn't bring him. It just was odd that he didn't go. Like you could still, you could still, yeah. still go and be like, Hey, I, I still want, you know, I know we talked I, a few days ago. I'm not, but. I'm not saying the thunder didn't, you know, botch this at all or, or, or but, potentially, yeah, or I'm potentially. Not, right. I'm just saying you, at this point, I'm not even talking about should he stay, should he go? I'm talking about, you've decided you're leaving. Right now, call Russell Westbrook and, and no, give him no, no, no. twenty I, minutes. No, I agree. That's I was getting to that. What I what I was going to say was it was weird to me. Whoever's call it was, whether they didn't ask him or Russ said he didn't want to go or they didn't think he needed to go, whatever. It was it was a weird look for him not to be at their presentation as the number as the other top guy on the team. Then Durant comes to Oakland for his introductory press conference. It says that he talked to Russ. Russ later said he didn't talk to him at all. Durant's reference talking to him a few times. Yeah, okay, so maybe that's what the thing is. But it it has been kind of a weird that whole that whole storyline has been very odd. Uh, the relationship between those two guys, and I can only imagine, you know, well, what the first couple the, games between them are going to be. The like. weird thing to me is now it's become a see 
everyone knew they really weren't close the whole time. Right. And it was like, look, they, they weren't BFFs, especially in these last few years, because, you know, Russ had a wife, Durant had his friends and his posse, and, like, they weren't just always together, but on the road, they'd be together sometimes. They had lockers next to each other for eight years. Durant was, you know, they'd be sitting there joking all the time after games. Like, these yeah. guys were, were well, close. If they, like, go, they went to every press conference together for eight years. Like, those guys, yeah. like, they're not, they, like, like you said, they might not have been best friends, like, say, LeBron and Wade, but they also weren't mortal enemies by any stretch. I mean, they're, no, they, like, they got a month, along. A month or two months earlier, Durant had publicly, ba- remember when he blasted Mark Cuban sure. in a press conference? Yeah, you know, I mean, that happened, like, two months times. earlier. Yeah. So, um, that, like I said, like I really re- don't want to criticize any part of the decision uh, that Durant did. I was just, I was just surprised knowing Kevin, knowing, uh, how, you know, this is the guy that during his 2014 MVP speech literally singled out every single player down the line on the team. He talked about Grant Jarrett and what Grant Jarrett meant. And, and I mean, this is his MVP speech. Grant Jarrett's played like 40 minutes in his entire <laughs> right, NBA career right. and he was out of the league. Like right. he, he's a guy that's always very conscious of other people's feelings. And um, so like I always envisioned, okay, he might leave, but if he leaves, wow, he's going to leave like super graciously. Right. Um, but whatever, it's done. Um, there's going to be this like WWE feel around Thunder Warriors this season and Durant versus Westbrook really forever, kind of like a Kobe Shaq type of thing. Yes. You know, that's fun too. So I'm excited. You know, now I'm out here covering the Warriors, covering Kevin. uh, So I'm excited about that. Well, I was, I was talking to, uh, I was talking to Joe Goodman the other day on the podcast um, about, about what, you know, he, he covered that whole LeBron era heat team. And I was talking to him about what it was like kind of being around that team when every day, you know, everywhere they went, the country just hated their guts and wanted them to lose every game. And I, I know this is going to be a similar feeling for this Warriors team when they go anywhere. You know, today we were at practice and Draymond Green's talking about how he, you know, he he got booed in, in L.A. with Team USA. Uh, even Dr- though he's, Draymond was funny. Today. Draymond was very funny. You know, that was my first taste of, of being a beat writer covering Draymond. And, um Although I guess media day too, where I yeah. thought he spoke well about the Kaepernick thing, but you know he's funny. He's a funny um, guy. He he's he he doesn't he doesn't shy away from the microphone or the spotlight, and and yeah. you know. But he well, no, and he's re, it, I'm just good. Like, but to his his not only was his reaction today funny, but it was like you know to me it seemed kind of real. It's like that's is his mentality and the mentality they probably have to have this season, where it's like go ahead and boo us, but like. It doesn't matter. I mean, if right. we just win, if we just win, what can you say? Right. No, and that's the only way they can handle it. And I, you know, I've said a bunch of times. I think that I think that the animus they're going to face all season is probably going to be their biggest um, their biggest challenger um, because they're they're they are significantly better than every other team talent wise, even the Cavs. And if they don't let that stuff get to them, like like that, I think that Heat team pretty clearly did in 2011. You know, LeBron during the finals really kind of melted down. Um, I think in large part because of the pressure that was on him from all the you know all the the venom that he received for the prior 12 months after the decision. But I I was talking to Joe well, about that Oklahoma game, uh, the game in Oklahoma City in February. I mean that's a Saturday night game, the first game back in Oklahoma City. It's a Saturday night, eight o'clock start in Oklahoma City in an arena that already before was a crazy environment that was, you know, maybe the craziest in the league to now, to now have that be um, to now have that as the setting for his first game back. I really can't imagine what that, um, what that scene is going to be like that well, night. Yeah. I mean, it's just like such a perfect storm because um, you know, he left to the team to, to their budding rival. I mean, that was going to be the rivalry. Right. Um, he, a couple months after the, the game six collapse and you know that that that's just like he kind of that was just such a dagger to that fan base I mean it was it was it because like they'd had their heart ripped out by the Warriors and Clay Thompson like you know a month before but then they were like starting to recover and you know it's gonna be okay but then it was like you know it was like really ripping their heart. It's like not only did you not win this year but you're not going to win at all because we're yep. taking the face of your state along with that loss. So there was like, there's this was this built up hatred now for the Warriors. And then you like, but even once he left, I was like, you know what? I think it's going to be like half booze, half cheers. I wouldn't be surprised if like Sam Presti and the Thunder have a, have a video tribute for Durant. And, you know, by the, I was like, and time will kind of heal it a little bit where I think most people will realize how much he did for the city, the state, you know, 
everything. Look, it's uh, like it's, how, it's like everything else. Time, t- even for situations like this. I mean, time heals all wounds. So. Yeah, and and I and I do think eventually it will. Like you know, three, four, five years down the road, you know, I think he'll have these tribute videos, and I think people will eventually come to cheer him there. And I do think he'll get his number retired oh, at some course. point. Be crazy probably after he retires. Be crazy. Yeah, but the way he left and what we were talking about earlier, like. That, that fan base is mad at him, and, and he hasn't right. really done anything to um, patch it up. You know, right. he, he goes on, he went on Bill Simmons' show recently, um, which, you know, was a very interesting interview, but Bill Simmons is kind of, and the, the, Thun, the Thunder fan base has kind of, because he's, he's harped so much on the Harden trade. I'm not even necessarily blaming him for some stuff, but like the Thunder fan base feels like Bill Simmons doesn't like them. That's just how they've always felt since the Harden trade. And so he goes on that show, and, and Simmons maybe kind of eggs him on to, to rehash and talk about the backlash from Oklahoma City. And, like, those are the quotes instead of, like, quotes about, you know, how, how great his time was there, how he'll always cherish it, but, you know, and now he's on to the next thing. So I think that's just – it's just like, the, you know, he's kind of just jabbing the knife. Maybe maybe it's inadvertently, but he just keeps kind of jabbing the knife a little bit and a little bit. And to, to me, now I'm like, oh, like, this is going to be even crazier than I thought in that Oklahoma <laughs> City game. Uh, it is going to be – it's going to be wild. No, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun. It's gonna be really hey, plus, fun. Plus the plus the fact that Russ came, Russ came back, which like gives them you know at least a mild amount of confidence. You know that they can maybe win. Like they're not gonna win a series against them, but like that night, this won't they're gonna, be this won't be like the Cavs Heat games where you know the cat like that Heat team was nine and eight going into that game. The first game back in Cleveland was early December, and the crowd there went nuts. And then within five minutes, it was a thirty-five point lead for the Heat, and like that that the Cavs season kind of ended like. Oklahoma City should be pretty good. So yeah, not only, even, not only even that, if the Thunder, even if the even if the Warriors are playing well, they can probably hang with them. Not only that, but like the the Thunder's fans' confidence was really down right. um, after Durant. But then when Westbrook comes back and like you know, Russ, it's just funny how this has really worked out. Now Russ is on his little, uh, he's kind of on like a PR hit for like you know, Ennis Canner's posted pictures with him wearing like I love OKC shirts. He showed up to an OU football game wearing a wearing a number 44, like, Brian Bosworth throwback jersey for the Sooners. Like, so he's, like, rallying this city, you know, in his own, uh, you know, personality, which is, like, you know, defiant in a sense. Like, you know, right. I'm going to stay here and, you know, we're going to go after the Warriors. So, like, that to me has, like, you know, it's kind of just stoked this fire that, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be an all-season thing. They're going to play, I think, November 3rd it is in Oracle. But uh, the game, yes, in Oklahoma City in February is – is a must-watch for NBA fans. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. It's gonna be fun to uh, it's gonna be fun to be there for it. And I mean, I mean, you know, I know you didn't get the same level of animosity that that Durant got, but you know the you know Bangs beat writer Diamond Leung left for an, another opportunity, and so a job opened up, and, and you ended up getting it, which you know was a was a great career move, and I'm pumped for you. But I'm sure at the same time, you know, I know you like living in Oklahoma City, so I know it wasn't an, an easy call for you to leave even though it's a, a good opportunity. But, you know, what, what has it been like for you kind of adjusting, you know, to a new city and also, I'm sure, catching some grief from people, at least some people in Oklahoma for, you know, following Durant to the, the Warriors like this? Uh, well, number one, the adjustments have been fine. You know, I'm from the North Bay, so I'm from some, you know, close to this area. I got family around. And uh, I did it in I guess August. So I have, I've had time before camp start to get adjusted as far as the reaction to it. Um, the day of was funny when I, you know, I put it out on Twitter and you know, I wrote a big long thing kind of explaining it because I kind of knew that it wasn't just some random beat writer to leave him for another beat writing job. It was a month after Kevin Durant went to the Warriors, the Thunder beat writer went to the Warriors. So, you know, I knew, I knew that was like stigma was kind of attached to it. Uh, you know, there's people call me Brian, the Brian Windhorse of LeBron or, uh, <laughs> you know, a snake in the grass, um, a, a bunch of that type of stuff. But, you know, overall, it's fine. The people that make me laugh are, you know, I had a lot of people saying, um, you know, I'm not I'm going to be rooting against you next year. It's like, dude, I'm not going to be on the Warriors. <laughs> um, so that type of stuff. And then but, you know, Ennis Canner, I thought in some like he kind he, he sent out that funny tweet that was. You know, caught, he, I think it said, wow, another trader. And he had my, it was my face photoshopped on Durant's um, Players Tribune picture of I'm coming home. That was great. That, we talked and, about that earlier, but I, I was laughing so hard when I saw that. It, yeah. it, made my, it made my summer. 
Yeah, no, I was funny. And, I, and in a lot of ways, I think it kind of eased the tension over it because it was like, you know, it was clearly in, in, in jest how he sent it. Mm-hmm. And I think even at the end, he's like, good luck, my man, or something like that. So I think that kind of maybe eased some of it. I feel, I mean, even to this day, I'll be tweeting out videos yesterday of like Durant shooting or Durant at practice and people are just, you know, calling me what, whatever. But, I mean, it's not a big deal. You know, it, it's one hundredth of the stuff LeBron James or any of these big stars get when they literally just tweet out anything, you know, like when they tweet out, hey, I'm, I'm going to the gym to get work in. Like, just click on that tweet and go look at the responses. They're just crazy. Right, right. No, the uh, for all the great things that social media and the Internet have brought us, there are also things like this where, you know, crazy people have outlets to just be mean to people and kind of nuts. So it is a it is a uh, it is kind of an unwelcome side effect of things. But at the same time, like you said, it's good that it's good that the overwhelming reaction has been has been a positive one to it. Yeah, I mean, everyone in the industry kind of understands the move uh this is the 96 chicago bulls 2010 heat whatever you want to call them i mean this is the story i remember when i was thinking about taking the job because like look i love my job at oklahoma city and that remains a relevant organization team to cover good job but it was just i was just thinking like you know put it put it on the like if we just put it on the wall right now and say let's list the top three four organizations to follow in sports over the next three four years like Warriors are definitely in the top three. Oh, it's like number one. probably number, no, it's one. number one. It's number one. I I try not to say that for sure because it's you know we cover the NBA so it's clearly the top NBA team. It's the number but, one team. Period. I mean, look, for football teams like all football teams are important. And maybe in the aggregate, covering a you know a football team like say the Giants or the Cowboys or somebody is a bigger deal. But the the Warriors are going to be the team, especially this season. I think the next couple team seasons they're going to be the team in sports. I mean, they are. They're they're going to be. They're going to be the thing that drives the conversation for for years to come. I mean, assuming assuming Durant and Curry stick around next summer, which I think they will, um, you know, assuming they both re up and stay here, this team this team is going to be you know the best team or one of the best teams in the NBA and probably the most relevant team the whole time that they're together. Just like that Heat team was with LeBron and Wade. I mean, it was a similar kind of thing. Yeah, and part of you know, there's a lot of reasons I was excited about this job, but you know, mentioning that it's like you've you've covered an NBA beat like on a day to day basis. Um, you know you'll be sitting there in January, February, and um, you'll be in Minnesota or Milwaukee or, or Indiana, wherever you know any city, and it'll be a back to back, and like the arena's dead, and nothing, yeah. you know, and it's like or it'll be a Sunday, and you're like you know you're kind of looking at NFL scores, like you're you're almost more interested in what's going on elsewhere than this NBA game that you're in. But I think with this team, what's going to be fun, at least for me, is like I just, I'll just, I feel like I'll get an energy boost every night because every arena is going to be rocking. It's going to be like the biggest game for that road team, or when it's an Oracle. I mean, those environments are going to be crazy, and um, you know, on any given day, one of these superstars may have a legendary type game where it's a Clay Thompson, you know, thirty point quarter, or Durant goes for fifty, Curry goes for sixty, whatever. So there's just. There's so many possibilities of what could happen with these players, and there's a guarantee that the atmospheres pretty much every night are going to be, uh, you know, top tier. Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be great. Um, you know, it's 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 really going to be, it's really going to be fun. And I, I'm very, uh, I'm very excited about about the whole thing. You know, I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be really neat. I mean, I actually moved out here too. I mean, I, you know, for the year because I, I think it's going to be a really neat thing to be around. How much grief you get for that? Uh, I've gotten a little bit, I mean, for the most part, uh, I think people have been, have been pretty good about it. Most people have, like you said, most people have thought it's pretty cool or a good idea. Um, there frankly, there frankly was an article written today, uh, by an outlet that had some inaccuracies in it that was kind of just amusing, uh, cause they could have just called me and said, Hey, what's going on? And I could have told them, but, uh, uh, no, I mean, overall, I think, I think like you, I mean, I think people see the Warriors and go, yeah, if you can cover them, you know, I'm not covering them per se like you. I mean, you're going to literally be with them every day. But, um, you know, the more you can be around this team, the better. Because they, you know, for better or worse, they're going to be the dominant team in the NBA for at minimum the next nine months and probably a lot longer than that. I got a, I got a question, though. When you saw the media day picture of the Brooklyn Nets, those five guys standing next to each other, <laughs> who I can name about one of them, I mean, you you felt no desire to rush back and, and it, make sure you, I'll tell you you're, what, you're following that team all year? I, I mean, I, I, I 
I obviously took this job uh, last November, so I spent most of last season not around the Nets anymore. But, uh, you know, it was very weird to see that picture because it was three years ago that they had that starting five of Joe Johnson, Darren Williams, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Brooke Lopez. And then Jason Kidd was the coach. And, and I mean, that season was completely insane. Were and, you... Uh, it's just it, hard to it believe. Was? It, it was, yeah, it was just completely insane. And it, it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe that it's only three years ago that all that happened. I mean, it's just or less between two and three years ago. It's, it just feels like it was thirty years. Yeah, ago. that thing it's melted crazy. quick. Yes, I mean, it, so many things happened, and Kate obviously left under a cloud. And I mean, it just—it's it, just hard to believe that all of that happened in such a short amount of time. I mean, it—it. It, uh, you know, and I think that's well, something that people need to remember about this, too, is like, you know, I, I kind of wrote this the other day, like, you know, think about the heat, right? I mean, it was it was five, it was six years ago that he, the heat started, and now none of those guys are on the team anymore. I mean, yeah. six years isn't that long, and and that entire team is gone. I mean, it's just, it is, it is probably think something about the to thunder. remember. Right? The team the I thunder, discovered. Right, the Thunder, too. Like, in 2012, that was four years ago, too. Like, four years ago, the Thunder have... James Harden, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, Serge Ibaka. They're all under 24. Might all have been under 23. They were 23, 24, yeah. Right. So it's like you look at them, you go, okay, this group is going to be together for eight, nine, ten years. They're probably going to make four or five NBA finals, maybe win a few championships. Like this is the next dynasty in the league. They never got to another finals, and now they're all gone. I mean, it's other than Westbrook. And I mean, who who could have, you know. Where that you know he could have left this summer if he told the Thunder he didn't want to sign. And like, look, he then still, literally and he everyone could, could, and he could still left. leave next summer. I mean that is the thing about Westbrook. Like you know, yes he signed, yep. yes he re up with them, and and he you know he's back for another year with a big raise. But they're in the same boat with him a year from now that he's in today. So he could easily say a year from now, yeah, I'm going to leave and then bounce. Yeah, you know. To, to me, I agree with you there, and like there shouldn't be any certainties. I don't think anyone should be. Uh, trying to pencil this Warriors team in for like three, four straight titles. Um, we just know it's going to be really fun ne- this season and probably for the next few. Right. Um, you know, so, but, but, but beyond that, there are definitely no guarantees in sports. There's no guarantees even if they have some of these players that there's not health issues, there's not, uh, you know, some of these core players maybe start to decline a little bit. Another freaking super team pops up in like Minnesota or wherever. Sure. Sure. Um, but I think... We know right now, barring health issues, this season is going to be crazy for Golden State. Yeah, no, it, it's it's really going to be something. Now, now, what you know, what do you what do you as you get into the season and you're starting to cover this team? Um, what are some of the stuff that that you're going to be looking for in terms of you know when the preseason games start in terms of of fit and rotations and that kind of stuff? Like what what are what are some of like what well, are the two or three things that you really want to try to get your get nailed down in terms of how you think it's going to work as we get closer to the start of the season well i think like the core guys are going to be great um the one thing i'm looking at with them is you know how does Kerr fit them into their substitution patterns which one of them is like maybe primarily the second unit leader like you know that seems that he, seems pretty obvious to me that durant's going to wind up being that guy right a lot like you i mean that Thunder. that would that would seem ideal because you know he as much as he wants to talk about uh playing the right way and 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 part of the reason he moved to golden state was because of their style of play like he likes likes, the ball yeah he likes his isolations and you know what he's good at it yes Um, he is so kind of hard to cover a seven foot guy who can shoot the lights out and dribble the ball yeah yeah you don't you don't think he still wants his three four mid post isolation touches per game and that to me seems like the perfect time um and that to me shrinks the amount of adjustments that need to be made by this roster because Clay Thompson already knows how to play with those lineups with Curry and Draymond and then um, if you so, so I mean I think if you just kind of make Durant the primary second unit guy anyway that that's maybe the one thing but the truth is are we going to really realize that in preseason they're, they're only I guess Curry said they're only playing 20 minutes tops right on you know, on Saturday. So I think that might be more of an early season thing to fall than preseason. Yeah, I, I was even all... just referring to the like the early on here. What are you trying to? Yeah. What are you trying to figure out about this team? So that's number one. Um, 
I think some of the other stuff with the stars is maybe a little exaggerated, the whole sacrificing this or that. Like, yeah, their, totally sta- their stats are going to go down. I'm not going to be concerned about that at all until I'm sitting there in the locker room after a win and you hear maybe like Draymond or, or somebody grumbling like, right. really? I only got 10 shots tonight. Then, then my ears will perk up and say, okay, now let's monitor this. But um, other, other than that, it's, it's maybe the non-sexier parts of this roster I'm looking at, which is um, they, I think they really need – one or two of these young guys to, you know, arise because they don't have any money the next few years to go out and spend it on anyone. They right. need these guys on cheap contracts. I'm talking Damian Jones, who probably won't be back till December Patrick with a peck injury. McCaw, Kevin Looney, Kevon Looney. Um, they need one or two of these guys to hit as like a rotation player yep. that's growing and getting better. Because other than that, they're just going to be picking off these Guys past their prime, David West, Zaza Pachulius. So just watching those three, those younger guys, Ian Clark, they're they're talking like they're high on right now. And then the big man situation. I think Zaza obviously was a steal at the money he got. Um, but, Mon- you know, is he as good as he was in Dallas last year? People say he wore down at the end of the year. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how he looks. Um, David West, Farajal, I mean, that just – it doesn't seem like an ideal big man rotation. So – just kind of monitoring how much they have left in the tank. Yeah, no, I, I think that I think that's a good point. And you know, I, I think you're right about the stars. I think a lot is being made of not very much in terms of how much they have to sacrifice because, you know, look, Curry Curry's gonna get his because he's gonna have the ball all the time. Durant's gonna get his because he's just going to get his. And I think Clay is gonna get his because he doesn't really need the ball to score a lot. Like, I mean, essentially Clay is gonna catch the ball and shoot it. And when you're playing on the same court as Stephen Curry and Kevin Durant, you're going to be open even more often than you were before. So, like, to me, the one guy who I could potentially see some issues with is Draymond Green. And the reason I say that is, like, last year, he wound up leading the Warriors in assists. I mean, he had all, all these triple doubles. He was handling the ball all the time. He was grabbing it and going up the court. And I think there'll be some of that this year. But I have a feeling that when the Warriors get going, their primary second ball handler isn't going to be him. It's going to be Kevin Durant. And I do kind of wonder if Draymond goes from being a triple-double guy all the time to kind of being back to being a, all right, Draymond, go play defense and we'll, you know, we'll give you the ball every once in a while on offense, I do kind of wonder how that will Yeah, out. I mean, I, I think, think that's the gonna, only thing to really look at. I think there's going to be moments where he's seeing Kevin Durant rip the rebound and, and, and run the break and, and make a pass as, as a big man, and he'll be like, man, that, you know, that, would, that used to be me. I used to be doing that more often. Right. Or, you know, the one thing that could become interesting because a lot of the, the truth is with a lot of these guys, they don't, they're not necessarily looking for stats. They just want to know they're important and on the court. What if Draymond, what if there's times that Kerr says, you know what, Livingston's really playing well. Let's go with Duran at the center. Let's go with a different small ball lineup where it's Curry, Livingston, Iguodala, uh, Durant, and Clay Thompson. Right. You know, something like that where it's like, you know, Draymond, you just don't have, because there's nights that Draymond doesn't have. Um, just like there's nights a lot of these guys don't have it. But I'm just interested if, uh, you know, when when one of the major, the, those core four guys, and I'm assuming Draymond would probably be the only one, is ben- is benched for like a Livingston in, in a different small ball lineup. Is he okay with not just not getting as many rebounds, but literally just not being on the court late in the game? Right. No, I, I, total, I totally agree. But I mean, but again, like all this stuff, kind of like the stuff that Draymond was talking about today with the fans, like – if these guys are winning games and there's no problems from that standpoint, a lot of this other stuff isn't going to matter. I mean, anytime stuff really starts cropping up, like in terms of touches or crowd issues or anything, all that Good stuff losses, becomes right. right. When you start losing games, you know, as you know, that's when that's when the trouble starts. If you're winning games, you know, especially with a group like this, it's a pretty old, uh, it's a pretty experienced group at this point not a lot of young guys. Like it, it's going to be, I think it's going to be hard for that stuff to really crop up unless these guys really struggle. Especially because, look, they, they know that, that they're the ones that brought Durant. They're the ones that kind of initiated this. If, if they don't go to the Hamptons and, and it convince him that it was going to be okay, then it, he wouldn't have come here. So, you know, they kind of made their bed in a sense. So yep. they can't complain about it. Draymond Green can't look down the bench and see David West, who's probably made, what, 20 less million than he could have the last couple of years, yep. sitting next to him. And, and he's starting to complain because, you know, he didn't close on one particular night in Minnesota. Um, so, you know, it, it's definitely going to be interesting to follow, but I, I don't, and like you said, unless they really struggle, which I don't think anyone's really expecting, I don't see problems popping up, but yeah. if they do, then 
we could be talking. <laughs> well, you know, I'm sure the first month or six weeks is going to be interesting because it always is. And then, you know, they'll settle into a routine and then they'll, they'll probably just start smashing people. I mean, if you go back and look at the Heat in 2010, you look at the Cavs when LeBron got back there, that's kind of the, the formula, right? I mean, you, it takes a month to kind of get settled in and then you get going. And that could prob- that'll happen even if, even if these guys, even if these guys are winning games, they're still going to have moments where you know, weird stuff happens because it's just I, what happens. If I had to predict it, I'd say, I think they're going to come out hot. I think Durant is going to come out immediately wanting Agreed. to prove to people. Agreed. And I think he's going to score big. And I, I think, think they're going to be guys, like the 08. I think they're going to be a lot more like the 08 Celtics than either of those LeBron teams. Well, well, I the way I kind of see it going is like I said, you know, they come out big. I don't think they're going 24 0, but I think they're going to rattle off a lot of wins early on. And then as it kind of gets towards second, third month of the season, I think they're going to start resting guys. Not maybe maybe not whole games, but bigger pockets of games. I think they're going to say, "Hey, McCaw, you may be struggling, but you know they need to get a good." A look at Patrick McCaw. Damian Jones is back. Maybe they give him some minutes and, and battle through st- struggles and maybe pile up, you know, three or four more losses than they would have last season while they were chasing that record. Um, and I think they'll have some midseason struggles, but I think they're mature enough to know that that's fine. Yeah, I think so too. And um, you know, I, I def I definitely think so too. And I, I think they could even lose a lot more games than that. I mean, I, I could see them going sixty-two and twenty, say. Um, yeah, because because I I have a feeling that they're. What would you Vegas put it at sixty six and a half? I would I take think. the under for sure. I I mean I, if they want to, they could win seventy three games again. But I just I don't think there's any way. I I'd be very surprised if they push it that hard. Um, I think it's a good over under. I I I'd almost straddle right around. My guess would be right around sixty six, sixty seven, because they are. Going to be oh, so they're going to be incredible. I just think they're. I just think they're probably going to try to throw games. Like, I, I could see situations where they're not playing two of those guys. And, yeah, and then they, you know, they're just not because, like, I was around that team both at the beginning of the year when they were twenty four and zero, and then late in the year when they were trying to get that record. And I don't think Steve Kerr wants anything to do with that. I mean, if they if they're somehow, you know, I don't know, sixty and six or something, like I, I think that's the worst case scenario for him. I think he'd. I think Steve Kerr would be perfectly happy for them to go four and four, and then they can then they don't have to even think about any of that stuff. Because if they go eight and zero again, or ten and one or something, you're going to immediately have people talking about going for seventy four wins or something, and uh, that stuff will all start again. As opposed to uh, as opposed to them being able to say, all right, you know, we're just going to rest guys and we're going to rotate people through and 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 not really worry about the day to day very much. Yeah, I mean, with truth is, without health issues. It doesn't matter if they win sixty three right. or seventy or whatever. All they want is the number one seed. They're going to be a one seed as long as they got the one seed. They're not going to worry about it. Well, and okay, but like let's say they don't. Let's say the Spurs are just really good again. Right. And they they're have sixty seven wins. Right. Like I think they're all right going into the playoffs. The yeah, I think, so I, I think so too. I I think so too. I don't think they have. Uh, I don't think think they have too much to worry about. What is the is there anything that you like? I'm with you. I mean, I, I think if they're if they're healthy, I don't see how they lose. Is there is there a way? You think this team could be beaten short of injuries? I mean, is there a weakness that you see that could that could give them trouble? Just in a you know in a in a series, if if LeBron is big time again and Durant's just like you know he, like the moment maybe gets to him. I mean, you, we were talking earlier about when LeBron right. switched to the Heat. I mean, this was right around the same age. Yep. LeBron switched to the Heat and he kind of had that really bad Finals his first year. Yep. If just maybe the the weight of it all gets to Durant. I think you know, that, I think if the war if the Cavs can trade Kevin Love, I think they have they they could maybe have the pieces to to do make that a fascinating series. Well, well, the thing the whole thing is like how do you guard the Warriors right now? It's like it's the small ball. We're going super death or right. death lineup on steroids, whatever you want to call it. Um, the, but I and I think maybe the Cavs have the best pieces to defend that. Right? Okay. Um, that's where that's where the love part comes in because if you if you have Tristan. Tristan Thompson, LeBron, J.R. Smith. So, so, Tom, so Thompson, Thompson on Green, Green. Right. LeBron um, on Durant. LeBron on Durant. Then J.R. Uh, on Clay. J.R. could stay with Clay. You've got Kyrie on Steph, which is, you know, obviously a, a problem. But you could also, you could also move uh, Kyrie over to Iguodala if you wanted to. Um, but yeah. They, they're basically one more perimeter player short. And if they could turn, like the trade that I've always had in my head is if they could go to, the Celtics and get say Crowder and Bre- Jay Crowder and Avery Bradley, right? 
And then all of a sudden you've got two more guys that can defend on the perimeter. And then you could throw out some combination of, you know, even if, even if you wanted to sit Kyrie then, I mean, you probably wouldn't, but I mean, if you had some combination of those six guys between Kyrie, Bradley, Crowder, Smith, LeBron and, and Thompson, maybe you played LeBron at center in that lineup, you know, and not have Thompson play, um, you know, but you, I mean, it, they would, that's a team that could potentially man up with them. But I think if, cause like last year, basically the Cavs bet on Harrison Barnes, not making threes, right? I mean, that's essentially what happened. They said, we're going to let Harrison Barnes and Andre Guadalla hit threes. And if they do, they're going to win the title. And on top of everything else that happened with Steph getting hurt and with Draymond, you know, get it with his extracurricular activities in game four, Harrison Barnes missed a ton of wide open threes in game five, or they win game five, and Iguodala hurt his back. So then they were both non-factors offensively the last two or three games of that series. And yeah, I mean, if that I if think, that changes, then Kevin Love can't guard anybody, and then they lose. Yeah, I mean, I think the the plan this year for teams against that lineup will be funnel it to Draymond and, and Iguodala. Obviously, Draymond's more skilled, especially as a playmaker, than Harrison Barnes is. But I mean, it's just it's just wild for me to think about. I mean, because like. We already talked about how like tough the court is to guard for defenses when when yep. the splat when the Splash Brothers they are already out there. Couldn't, teams already couldn't guard their death lineup last year when they those guys were healthy and playing well. I mean, they I already would, couldn't guard it. I mean, how are they going to guard this one? Who are the three best shooters in the NBA? Uh, Steph Curry, number I mean, one. Steph and Clay are two of the three. I mean, I, you could you could make an argument for a few guys for the third. One. I mean, Durant's in a conversation. You could say Redick. Uh, you could say Kyle Korver. But, I mean, Durant's if, in the top ten. If I, if I added, like, ability to get his shot off, too. I mean, that, that's where Durant, I think, is separates sure. from those guys. Is like, he can do the curl, you could easily curl make an around argument. stuff. You he, could easily make an argument they have the three best shooters in the league. Yeah. I, or at worst, it's three of the top ten, and it's probably three of the, three most of the top dangerous. Five. Right. I say three of the most explosive shooters in the league. That maybe the three that like at any moment one of them can just hit four straight threes on four straight possessions, and it's a twelve zero run by a single dude. That like those three maybe the top three um, that can do that, and you know, yep, it's scary. Um, it, it's just scary to me for defenses that were already like, there was already talk about how this is the rarest thing they've seen trying to cover these two guys. And now it's like, okay, let's throw you know, one of the most lethal scores in NBA history, a seven footer that releases his shot about eight foot five, you know, six inches from the floor. And he's a sniper. Like, I, you know, it's, they're going to be good. <laughs> I, I think, I think you're right. I think I'm confident in agreeing with you, and I think and they're going to be good defensively too. No, they're going to be well, you great. Know, yeah. In got key all moments, length. yeah, they got all. I mean, that that's the thing about that death lineup. Like nobody talks about that, but they've got you know when when those. I mean, they can they can essentially switch two through five, you know, or at worst one through one through three. I mean, they can go one through three, two for four, two through four, and three through five. I mean, they can they're they're just so long, and uh, I mean, we saw in Western Conference Finals how deadly Durant could be on defense when he gets things when he ramps up, and I mean. That's only going to be exacerbated when he doesn't have to carry a load offensively anymore, like he did in Oklahoma City. Yeah, I think that won't show until the playoffs. Oh, sure. I mean, like we talked about, but when it gets turned up to the highest level, that's when I mean, I just, you know, how do you score with them and how do you score on them? Yep. Um, yep. I just, you know, to me, health. I mean, not not to harp on it, you can't predict it, but that's just. That to me is the roadblock. Yeah, their biggest their biggest competitors this season are going to be health, and I I really think it's going to be how they handle this animosity they get places because you know these are all guys like LeBron who like to be liked. You know that includes that includes you know Kevin Durant is a guy you said it before he's a guy that doesn't like being a, a villain like he he's clearly bristled at how people have reacted to that this summer. You know if he doesn't handle that well. Then you know that could be that could be a problem. Steph Curry's never a guy that's really gotten booed like this. Like these guys are going to go places. They're going to get they're going to get crushed. And you know, but I I think they're going to be able to handle that. I mean, and you know, they got a pretty good support group and they're a veteran team. And as long as they handle that and they stay relatively healthy, you know, again, unless unless the Cavs make some kind of game changing trade, I just can't see any team that can hang with them. To to me, I think twenty three of the arenas will really not be that bad. They'll get jeers in pregame, but then. I mean, you know some of the arenas in the league when they go into, 
you know, Brooklyn or Philly. I don't know, or, man. You might be right, but I, I think they're Well, they'll get, get booed, but then, like, let's say, let regardless, let's say they go into Brooklyn and there's some booing and some signs. L- let's say Steph Curry, you know, has some dribbling exhibition and hits three straight threes in the first quarter. Are they going to, they're going to start cheering that because that's what they, that's what Brooklyn fans paid to watch on that particular night. Um, and I just, I think there, like I said, I think there's about six, seven arenas where it'll be a problem. I think the venom is, going to come in the playoffs when like, you know, that's when fan bases, I think kind of really lock in is what, you know, they're caring about the court product mm-hmm. more than just like, Hey, look at these stars that are in town for the one time right. this season. Right. Um, and then I think I'd maybe be a bit concerned for the warriors if they get a thunder series, maybe in the first or second round, not that they'd lose it because I don't think they would, but that will just, that'll bring up so much emotion God, within that, the team. How incredible and would that be? That would, it would be awesome. I mean, I'm hoping for it because yeah, I mean, you have talking to, about storyline. You have to hope for it. I mean, that would but just be it would be incredible if it happened. That would take what we're talking about now to the most extreme level because you get back to back to back type games. I mean, how charged up would that arena be? How charged up would Russell Westbrook be? Oh, and be and that that could either create environments that break the Warriors or more like, you know, maybe even more likely is that it, it I mean, it's hard to see them. how they. It's hard to see you how know. they could lose to the Thunder, but well, it cer- I don't but think it they would. Cer- but it would certainly make for a fascinating, a fascinating uh, like wolf pen situation. To throw them oh, in. of course, yeah. I mean, you know, and to your point, if that's something that affects them, that can always linger past the series like that too. I mean, that you know, that's not a you know, and like the Clippers have had all kinds of issues with them. I mean, you know, they're they're it's it's going to be a fascinating season. I, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any question about that. It's going to be a lot of fun and. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad we're both going to be around it a lot. I think it's going to be good. So, um, thanks for thanks for coming on, man. Where uh, let the people know where they can uh, they can find your stuff. Um, you know, at Anthony V Slater on Twitter. Um, I tweet out all of my links, videos, whatever uh, on that. So, I mean, you can basically just follow all my stuff from there. But uh, if you're looking for my writing, MercuryNews.com, um, and just everywhere on the interwebs, right? Everywhere on the interwebs, you're all over the place. Um, you can, uh, you can find my work on the Washington Post website or WashingtonPost.com or in the newspaper. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Tim Bontemps or on Facebook at Tim Bontemps MBA. Uh, please give the podcast a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It's appreciated. It helps us out. Um, thanks to Glenn Yoder in the Western States for the theme music for the podcast. You can also find them on the interwebs and buy their stuff. You should. It's great. Um, Anthony, thanks again for doing this, man. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, hanging out with you this weekend in Vancouver for the first preseason game. Should be fun. I am pumped for that. So I will see you in Vancouver. Yes. That's going to be a good time. That, and they already sold out. That's going to be a fun one. It's going to be going to be a fun atmosphere. I've never been to Vancouver. I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to checking that out. But thank you, uh, thank you for coming on, and thanks everybody for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,